to Uncorked, the podcast brought to you by The Corker Co., where we uncork great conversations and ideas from cool people. And today it's you and I, Steph. I love being corkable. (laughs) (laughs) Or uncorked. (laughs) This is, this podcast is coming out around Valentine's Day, and we kind of eye roll when we hear Valentine's Day. Every day is love day. Forget this stupid pink holiday. And my, you know, my husband actually hates Valentine's Day. Perfect. He like boycotts it hard. Probably because he works in the hospitality industry and everyone tries to get the perfect table with the perfect setup and whatnot. And it just causes so much angst. Imperfect love is so much sexier. Totally. Don't you have like the like macaroni and cheese? Yeah. (laughs) Tell us about that. Because my husband is the best and (laughs) thinks that no one should go out for dinner on Valentine's Day. Mm. And we make different variations of now vegan mac and cheese. And it's really delicious and super nutritious. And don't you want to make sure that the meal you have on Valentine's Day, if you celebrate it, how about just every night is love-inducing? Right. Like you're able to have really nice sex afterwards is what you're saying? Pretty much. Got it. No dairy. <laughs> um, but it's really hilarious because our first business together actually was an offline dating company. We've tried so hard, bro. <laughs> I love the stories. I think the recruiter in me loves recruiting great people to work for great leaders. And at the core, it's always like matchmaking. Right. And you were never involved in recruiting. And I would come to you and say, there's there's got to be a different way than this dating app for people to fall in love. Mm-hmm. And yes, we've, we've actually started two different ventures in the world of love. Yeah. What did we learn? Well, the first one was called Nomo Solo. So, so you become Solo Nomo. <laughs> and the, that was about creating offline connections. And so we wanted people to have a visual identifier that they would be able to walk around with that would say like, hey, I'm open to chatting. Not that I'm like wanting you to be my next lover, but like, hey, if you stopped me at a supermarket and I had this colored basket, that meant like you could stop me in the produce aisle and we could chat and that would be okay. Because I think we're, we separate ourselves so much from those intimate or those spur the moment connections. And so we looked at it doing at a yoga studio, at a grocery store and at a coffee shop. And our favorite, my favorite moment, I should say, was when Blends Canada released their pink sleeves for their coffee cups because we had pitched that idea to another coffee shop and they caught wind and they did it on their own. So we knew that (gasps) we didn't have very much intellectual property uh, to make that scalable. <laughs> my my dream was just people falling in love in the produce aisle of a grocery store. Totally. I thought that would be so cute. Where did you meet? Mm. Over the organic bananas, mom. <laughs> yeah. The story that will never be told. Totally. And then right. number two was... Oh, number two was coconut, spelt yeah. with some Ks, because we love aloha, and I don't know where coconut came from. Yeah. The idea was that we wanted to create a roster of singles, um, preferably in Vancouver. It was going to be, ge- it was geographically focused, um, of singles that were interested, and they could be interested in the same gender, in different genders. What a... What a flop. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. So how it works, people would just randomly give us their information. They would fill out a form and then they would trust us that when we found a match for them, we would send them an email connecting them with this person. And we give a little bit of like, this is why this person is great. And because, you know, recruiting is our 
forte here. It's like we could dig, do all the background research that we could about these people before we connected them. And so we connected adventurers and we connected people who loved hiking and we connected people who liked to go find that new movie. We even accidentally connected a couple that had just separated and we thought, hey, look, these people are so great. Why don't, why don't they get together? And then they emailed us back being like, thanks. We're actually in the process of separating. So we realized that. The were very good at finding matches, and I thought that we had so many women raise their hands to say, I'm looking for this guy, like, please help me find the guy of my dreams, and we would connect them with these guys, and they would also be the first ones to be like, nope, not interested, and the guy's like, hey, just, like, give me a chance, like, I'm willing, and so the theory of there's not enough single men in Vancouver perpetuated. And I actually learned through that experience, it's like women aren't giving men a shot um, and they're being super picky. And the guys are like, I may have the same standards and I'm at least willing to try. Well, what I also think is noteworthy to exactly that point is within the first like 24 hours, we received over 100 form submissions mm. from women we received approximately 10 from men. And of the 10 we received from men, at least 50% of them were gay. Yeah. So, and I should note that most of the women were straight. Mm -hmm. Those, like, the numbers do not add up. Totally. Right there. And then we became committed to, like, where are the men in the city? And I think you even took me out to some man night and I just sat there thinking how on earth are women meant to connect with men mm. I, I it's a fascinating conversation I guess that's why tinder is tinder and totally bumble is bumble and apps are apps yeah and it was so sweet one of our really dear friends just talked about how she asked out someone in person for the first time recently and it was like such a novel and exciting experience because after being on all these apps, it's almost like a muscle that we have forgotten of like, oh, I met you. And rather than trying to look you up online, it's like, I met you. And in that moment, would you like to go for coffee with me? Oh, or do you want to meet at 6 a.m. for a bike ride or a run? What concerns me is the generation or the people that do rely on apps now for love. They'll never have that feeling again. Mm. Like, will, will the feeling of being asked out? Or the feeling of asking someone out be gone forever now. I think it's just technology gives us the ability to connect or have access to connecting with more people now. And there's still that moment when you do need to say, do you want to see me again? In like, real life? In real life. Because it's like at the end of the night, it's like, do you want to do this again? And some people may forego that opportunity for, you know, oh, thanks. It was a really nice night. And then the hard questions in text later on. Mm. Um, but the opportunity to practice actually asking someone out or telling someone that you like them, like, I don't think that those opportunities will dis disintegrate or go away. Mm. Like, we'll always have those opportunities. It's whether or not we'll take them is the new question. And, you know, I, I think to that, as you were saying it, two things come up for me. One is the sweetness in even hearing the story mm. of her asking someone out made my heart flutter. Yeah. I just thought, oh gosh, I hope more people do this because it, it makes my heart smile. It's really sweet. And on the flip side, I think giving someone a compliment 
it's like, I don't want to sleep with you and I don't want to make out with you. And I still think you're a total babe Mm. or has anyone told you that you're gorgeous today because you are, I, I think there's a piece of our heart that we just, oh gosh, don't say that on text. Like (laughs) say it to a stranger in a lineup. Right. That's all. Yeah. Oh, I get so sappy. Well, dating also forget the apps. Um, well, you need the app to go on the first date. Yeah. Let's say if it's 2018 and that's the real deal. But I want to hear the five date rule with Matt Corker. Oh, goodness. Because this is dating beyond the app. It's yeah. beyond our flopped businesses. Um, <laughs> I'm great. It's, it's brought us to where we are. Uh, I think your five dating rule is, is juicy. So it's endurance dating. So it all started when I actually went to Bali for the first time. And I realized that I was like, I was, I was over dating. And what that really meant was like, I was over hosting the parties and watching everyone leave with someone and me go home alone. Or I was over heading out to meet up with friends and everyone was coupled. And I was like, this sucks. Like, I'm over it. I don't want it. And in the name of planting, like, if whatever you want in the world, help someone else get it. That's how you plant good seeds in the world. So I was like planting seeds and planting seeds. And I was getting a little frustrated with like, uh, where's my garden? (laughs) Where do I get to like reap the benefits of all this work that I've been doing? And um, this a current or like this conversation I had in Bali actually sparked this idea that we've forgotten what it means to date. And we go in with this list of here's my ideal candidate. And if they don't have like this much money or they don't make me laugh on the first 16 seconds or whatever it is, like the list is long and very clear. And the reality is both parties on a first date have that list. And we both, we sit across the table from each other and it's kind of the prove it game. And it's like, I'm not going to show you all my, my cards because I want to know who you are and whether or not you match up to like what I'm looking for. And when both people are playing the defense and both people are saying, I'm keeping my cards close to me and you have to prove how awesome you are to me, like no one wins. And so that's why you get a series of first dates and nothing really works. And so my new dating rule is you have to go on five dates for every person you ask out. Meaning, if you go out on one date, that means you are signing up in your head for five dates with that person. Five dates sounds like a lot of dates. In some case, like four too many. (laughs) And and the caveat caveat here is, you know, physical and mental health is very important. And so in order to ensure that you're not subjected to a situation that you don't feel comfortable in, the question you ask yourself at the end of each date is, do I want to see this person again? Mm. Do I want to see this person again? Does not mean, do our values align? Do I find them attractive? Do I want to take them home and meet my sister? (laughs) Do I (laughs) want to sleep with them? Do I see our futures aligning? None of that. It means... If I saw this person again, would I be okay with that? And the practice is to practice dating. Wait, but if the answer is no, do you still have four dates to go on? No. The answer, if the Uh, answer is no to, do I want to see them again? Right. Then you get out. Okay. 
And the beautiful thing is other people have choice too. So the other person may choose not to see you either. So it's like, there's a lot of opportunities to navigate the situation. However, if the answer is yes, after date one, do I want to see them again? Yeah, I could see them again. That means you go on date two. And if the answer to do I want to see them again after date two is yes, you keep going until five dates. And in that span of five dates, you could kind of get to relax. And what I experienced doing this, it was like, I was, I was taking off the prove it mentality. I was like, today we're going to have dinner. And you know, the next date we'll probably go to the movies and the next date we'll probably do a yoga class. And like already thinking of like, here's all the other options of ways to get to know you and ways to see who you are in different situations. And I don't need to like put it on them to like impress me right away. And that also allowed me to have more fun dates. It allowed me to actually have fun on the dates. And by the end of the fifth date, I remember there was this one person I was dating and I came, this is when you and I were living together and I came home and it was date four. And I was like, don't make me go on this date. (laughs) Like, I was like, I don't see it going anywhere. And the practice was like, go on the date, practice dating. And the beautiful thing is there's, it takes two to tango in a date. And the other person was like, Hey, I'm not really feeling it. Blah, blah. blah. And I was like, thank God. Like, this is the best. (laughs) Um, but it was, it really helped. And what I will say is that after a year of doing five dates, a year of doing my five first date rule, that's when I met Chad. And I even told him, I was like, you're the first person I've dated after this rule was in place. And I'm so glad that like, I don't have to do this anymore. And at our fifth date, he was like, by the way, it's our fifth date. And like, he noted it and it was really cute. And I will say that my track record is a hundred percent. All the people that have done the five date rule to for, for a year have ended up finding their person that they are with for like that they have found their person. Their person. And everyone who's like, I don't want to do that. I'm like, then give me another method that has yeah. created remarkable results. So like, this is the challenge. Anyone listening, I am a hundred percent open in to you proving the five date rule wrong. Give me a year of your life. Do five dates. Answer the question after each date. Do I want to see this person again? And if the answer is yes, you continue on to the next date. And... If it does not work for you, I will stand corrected. And if you do this challenge for a full year and find your person, then please let me know because I'd love to add you to the 100% success rate. (laughs) He really wants an invite to your wedding. Uh, I'll be the DJ. Just kidding. Rob Station, best DJ ever. (laughs) That's a plug. Uh, For the love of dating, it's, it's a muscle that needs to be practiced. It's or practiced, flexed, it's one of those things, you know, the conversation. Are you in the conversation of actually getting to know someone and listening? Or are you in the conversation of what do I say next? And the prove it game must just feel so gross. And the list of requirements, I mean, sometimes with all the love in my heart to my single female friends, I'm like, I don't know that a unicorn's going to fall from the sky and be Prince Charming for you. Um... And so at least being in the practice means you're in the game. And you know, everyone, top three New Year's resolutions. Yeah. Falling in love. And I think the big thing there is like, this isn't to say that the list is not important. Absolutely. Be clear. If like, you know what you want. want. Yeah. Like if you don't want certain values, if you want someone who lives a certain lifestyle, like keep those sacred and real. 
And you're, you may not find all of the answers you're looking for on the first two or three dates. Yeah. And so the reason for the five date rule is because like your list is real and it needs to be explored in its entirety. And so, um, because of that, it takes a little bit longer for people to actually open up, to actually let you into their lives. And we're not blank, like MySpace pages. Oh my gosh. I just referenced MySpace dating. Um, we're not like a blog that says like, here's all my hopes and dreams and wishes and forever and always. And like, you don't Google that. Like it requires a conversation about people and that's where relationship building is actually the most important element of dating. Like maybe they don't show you their puppy until the fourth date. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like you never go over to their house because they're like, you just think they're super busy and they're want to meet you at odd times. And the reality is they have a puppy at home and they have to like take the puppy out. But you would never know that if you like blew them off in the first date and on your list is like the woman who has a puppy at home. Well, I bet it would be on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's take this over to the world of recruiting because what I'm mindful of is you only get one shot at an interview Mm. and then you're gone. Right. Do you think that hiring managers should consider trying someone on for more than one interview or is that a waste of time? I think that in there's different stages of interviewing. And so oftentimes when you're working with a recruiter or working with someone else, they've done some background research and then also curated the list to say, here's the people that I think either from a pre-screen phone call or a written application process that people would fill out online. And so that screening process is kind of like date one and two in my eyes. And then date three and four could be with the manager and date three and four. It's like three is like your first conversation um, with the person And the next one is like, get them to do a task that's related to the job. Mm. So like, it's really nice to woo you over a coffee, but like, if you're a data analyst, analyze some data for me. If you're a marketing person, show me your portfolio. And like, that's another way of getting to know the person. So by the fifth time, you may want to include your friends and you do a friend date, AKA get other people in your office to interview them too. So like, does the actual manager need to interview them multiple times? Maybe not, but like the process of recruiting, it's kind of like dating in my eyes. Yeah. It's like it takes, it takes some time to actually allow the person to show their cards on the table. Totally. What I get is that, um, in the world of recruiting, somebody's put their hand up to say, I want what you've got. And so mm-hmm. to use your reference, hopefully when interviewing, you don't, come to a table with two people on the defense to say, show me what you've got. And yet I think the reality in this world, be it a new friend, a new lover, a new job, it's very easy to come to the table in the defense. And I think that the most lovely word we can offer someone else is yes. Like I'm going to be on so the offense. I'm coming with my freaking kimono open. (laughs) Like, Let's, that's how you fall in love. Well, it's like when we drop the prove it mentality, like prove to me that you're, I should join your team. Yeah. Let me prove to you that I can't. Let me prove to you that I haven't done it yet. And I dare you to believe in me. (laughs) Oh, that's so sexy. Okay. We got to wrap. So tell me what's making your heart beat faster right now, bro. Um, mindful book club of the month. What we're reading this month is a book by Richard Yannick and it's a book called heart of the machine. 
our future in the world of artificial emotional intelligence. So how do robots and AI influence our connection with others? What about you? I am obsessed with managing the rain in the Pacific Northwest. And that means overdosing on vitamin D. It also means having my um, sunlight lamp on all the time, right in my retinas whenever Mm. I'm sitting at the desk. So good. Here's to love. Here's to love. Go date people five times. (laughs) 